Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Like It Hour podcast. I'm glad you decided to tune in today, or whenever you're listening to this. So, before we dive too deep into Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, we'll go ahead and say a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus God, and I thank you for writing the Bible and having the Bible written, God, just for us, God, and for your glory, God, and so we could be able to glorify you more and more, God. And please help me to teach it and just to love you more, God, and help the people that they're listening, God, that they could hear something that that would not be my words, but your words, God. And just please help us to all love you more every day, God. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so, starting in Ephesians 5, and so far we've had kind of do this, don't do this type things in Ephesians. And then the last verse that we read was Ephesians 5 verse 21, which says, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we kind of talked about government. Well, over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about different kinds of submitting. Today is wives to husbands and husbands loving their wives. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes. Next week, we will be talking about children to parents and bond servants to masters. We're going to do that all in one because it's got some really similar things and the children and parents is really short. So we'll be kind of doing that in one. And then unless God leads me differently the week after, we will be doing the whole armor of God, and we'll be wrapping up that week, and most likely during closing thoughts, we will be doing the final greetings part, since it's just a few little verses, and it's kind of like a signing off of Ephesians, and then we'll have our testimony episode, and that'll wrap up November, but don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, because we still have Ephesians, the rest of Ephesians 5 to go, so well, let's do this. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Sorry, I had to turn my page. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, this It's about husbands and wives, and as you probably know, I've never been married before, because I'm only 17 years old at the time of recording this, and I don't know if you remember this, but back, 
it's probably over a year ago now, man, one of the very first episode that we had guests on, it was um, Jackson and Evan, we, had, we talked about this same passage, it was our fifth or sixth episode of the podcast, and really encourage you to go back and listen to it, to this date, that's still one of my favorite episodes, but let's go ahead and dive off into this. So, first we see, wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So, wife, submit to your husbands. And that doesn't mean, well, I mean, this is going to kind of be a little bit out of order. But, well, maybe, I don't know. But this is talking about wives submitting to their husbands. And we'll get to why that is in a second. But, that's, God's called wives to this. Now, there are. I hate to use the word exceptions, but let's take the thing of the same thing we talked about with government last week. If you serve a government that is being ungodly, and that is saying ungodly things and doing ungodly things and asking you to do ungodly things, you still have to respect that government and do the things that are not contradictory to your beliefs. But ladies, listen to this. If your husband's asking you to do something that is against what you believe, that's not in an area where you have to submit. Because submitting to God above all else is important. And one key thing, and I didn't really notice this until I was studying a little bit on this, because I kind of took it for granted, but it says your own husband. You're not supposed to be submitting to other people's husbands. No, yes, if they're in an authority chip over you like a pastor or a boss, then yes, of course, submit to them as your pastor or your boss, but not as your own husband. The only person you're supposed to submit to like that is your own husband. So, wives, submit to your own husbands. That's the first verse. And then as to the Lord, so it's, it's godly to do that. And then we see... Sorry. I heard something. Uh, then we see 23 and 24. We're going to kind of read them together. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, which is his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also should wives submit in everything to their husbands. I'm sorry, I'm not sure what that was. It just fell, and I don't even know if you heard that, but something just fell in my room. But anyway. So, I'll read the last part of that verse again. Cause, so, I'll read 24 again. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So, God made the man be the head of the household. And we see that here. So for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. And he himself is the Savior. Now, men are not... The, we're going to get to something similar to this in a minute. Men are not the saviors of their wives by any means. But just as Christ is the head of the church and is the reason, like, is the head of the church, so also are men supposed to be the head of the household. And God doesn't submit to the church. The church submits to God. And yes, I re- there are situations where women have to be the spiritual leaders in their households because the fathers aren't. And the, the husbands aren't. The fathers aren't. But the men were called to do that. And we see that here because we don't see the church defending and 
being the Savior for and being the head over Christ. That's ridiculous. And when God made Adam, he made him with the intent of being the spiritual leader. And had Adam been being the man and the leader he was supposed to be, then he would have said, Eve, you don't need to eat that fruit. And, you know, that's what men are called to do, not be jerks. We're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah, but wives are called to submit to their husbands, not husbands to their wives. And yes, I know that there are men that abuse that power. And we'll get to that in a second as well. But Paul starts off with the women saying submit to your own husbands. And he's not being submit woman, like being sexist or anything like that. He And this wasn't just a time for that culture. This is what God intended or it wouldn't have been in the Bible. And if you have a problem with that, I'm not sorry because that's what the Bible says. And I'm not making this up. That's what the Bible says. Anyway, I doubt anybody listening to this has a problem with it. I hope you don't. But if you do, then you need to pray about that and take that up with God. Because wives are called here to submit to their own husbands. And you might be saying, well, he spends a lot of time harping on what wives are supposed to do. Well, that's the first three verses. So now we get to 25. And then this is where it changes it up a little bit. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, husbands, love your wives. And, you know, this is where, this is where it comes in where um, husbands don't abuse their powers. You know, like, aren't like, trying to think of an example, go cook supper. You know what I mean? Like that type of deal. It's where husbands love their wives. Because in the it's a partnership of submitting in love. Because men have been called to be the spiritual leaders. But if they're abusing that power, then they're not being the spiritual leader. They're being a jerk. And one thing that's here is as Christ loved the church... And gave himself up for her. The type of love a husband should have for his wife is a sacrificial type of love. Yes, the wife should sacrifice for her husband too. But the man needs to sacrifice for his wife. If there's something he wants, his wife's needs should come first. It should go God, then his wife. And that's what it said. He's not supposed to come before his wife. He's supposed to love sacrificially. Sorry, that's kind of a hard word to say. And give himself up for her. That's what it takes. And then in 26 and 27 we see that. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor. Without spot. I'm sorry that's 27 not 26. That he might sanctify her. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That she might be holy and without blemish. This is about the bride of Christ and what Christ does. The man doesn't save his wife. And I feel like a lot of people read that and would think that. And I I personally was a little confused on that until I read a little deeper into it. This is talking about what Jesus does for the church. And yes, by all stretches of the imagination, husbands can and should lead their wife in a Christian way and should share the gospel with them even if even when they know the gospel remind them of the gospel hold them accountable keep them i mean you can't keep them from sinning because people can't keep people from sinning only jesus can 
and only the person can, relying on God's strength, keep themselves from sinning. And you're, of course, never going to not be able to sin, but you have to work towards that. But, in every way, the man's called to be the spiritual leader. And this, this isn't, this is Christ preparing his bride, which is the church. And if you want to read a little bit more about that, Revelation 19 talks about it in Revelation 21. It talks about how the body is, the body of Christ is the bride. The body of, the church body, sorry, is the bride of Christ. And, in that same way that Jesus loves his wife and is the spiritual, I mean that Jesus loves the church, which is, is his bride, and is the spiritual leader. The church isn't the leader over Christ. The Jesus is the leader over the church. And that's what we see, the spiritual leader in every aspect. The one that's leading the Bible studies together, the one that's doing the devotions together. The one that's sacrificially giving together. The one that's looking at how we can give more to the church. The one, and not that the wife doesn't do these things, because the wife comes alongside of her husband and says, and, and says, yes, this is what God's calling us to do. Now, if it's something outrageous, I mean, hey, if you're called to give all your money up, then hey, do it. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If it doesn't honor God, then I believe that the wife, in a respectful manner, just like the husband respects his wife and loves her, it's an equal partnership. But God has made the man the head of this. And I don't mean to say it's like, you can't see my hands, but on a pedestal the man, and then on a little bit lower the wife. That's not what it is. It's a partnership. But Christ has made man the head. And, you know, that's, that's something that's not really a popular thing in our culture today, that the man is supposed to be the man and the woman's supposed to be the woman. That's not something to talk about. It's all oh, whatever you want to do. If you want to have a traditional, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know, but whatever all that is. But the man has been called to be that. And if that offends you, it's not me. It's the Bible. And yes, the, and the man's not supposed to be lording his power over his wife. We've talked about that. But it's supposed to be an equal partnership. Where, where the wife's supposed to submit to the husband and the husband's supposed to love his wife. In, in spiritual things, and in everything, the man's supposed to be the leader and the wife is supposed to submit. And then, of course, if it's something sinful, even if it isn't a Christian situation or something the wife doesn't feel is right, even if it isn't a spiritual, or the, the guy's not calling the wife to do that or she doesn't feel like it, then it's the wife's responsibility to, in a respectful way, say, what about this? You get what I'm saying there? And if the husband... Because sometimes God can use that. The wife not being led by... Not being led in the same way the husband and them talking about it. But the wife making decisions for the household or the husband making decisions for the household without telling the other one is not a good thing. Because it's a partnership. But God has just placed the man as the leader of that partnership. So, spend a lot of time on that. But I just... it's really fine line there where you where the wife's not supposed to be the leader and the husband's not supposed to be a jerk. So we just read twenty seven and twenty eight through thirty, we'll do those together. They say in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes it and cherishes it, 
just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. So we, as or you're, if you are both believers, your husband and wife are both believers, and you're a part of the body of Christ. So you're one body. And when you get married, you're essentially one body. Mm, sorry about that. I just hit my hand on my desk. Sorry. That's a little distracting there. But, and if you know, you know that my hands are kind of moving right now. Because, you know, that's what I do. But, anyway, back to what I was talking about. The, when you start your life together as a husband and wife, you are one body. And you've started one life together. And the man is called to love his wife like we've talked about. And love him like he loves his own body. Because, you know, and then he uses the example of who's going to say he loves his own body, but doesn't nourish it and cherish it. I mean, you know, you could say you love yourself and then never go to the doctor when you're sick. Or not love yourself in a vain way. But you're not going to never go to the doctor when you're sick or not brush your teeth when you're told you have a cavity. Well, you should be brushing your teeth anyway, even if you don't have a cavity. But you're not going to just throw yourself to the wolves. And if a man loves his wife, he's not going to throw her to the wolves. And the, and the wife's not going to throw her husband to the wolves. They're going to love each other and respect each other. And But it's just Christ has called man to be the leader. I can't say that enough. And this is what a lot of men are forgetting these days. And they have been forgetting for years. And there's a song by Casting Crowns called Courageous. There's a movie by Alex and Stephen Kendrick called Courageous. And you know, it's an amazing movie. It's sad. Sad movie at times. But it's an amazingly powerful movie. But it talks about us how men were called to stand up and be men of courage. And take back being the spiritual leader of the household. And... If we don't, if then they're called to love their wives as themselves. Because, you know, we're called to love others as ourselves. Yeah, we got that. But when we really take it into account, when we are one body, the husband and the wife is one body, then the man's called to love his wife just, just like he loves himself. More than he loves himself. In a sacrificial way where he gives up and she gives up of herself. So they both have and they both love each other more. And we see in verse 31, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. See? There we go. So, leave mom and dad and go with your wife. Go with your husband. And, you know, this can be hard for parents sometimes. It could be hard for people like the husband and wife sometimes. But the thing that has to happen is... And this can be hard, and this is why God calls us, I believe, that husbands and wives have to be each other's number two. That that sounded wrong. That sounded terrible. Wasn't meaning that in a bathroom sense of the word number two. If you know what that means, I did not mean to sound like that. But, sorry. I don't know why my brain just went to that. But, anyway, now that I've gotten completely off the subject... Husbands and wives are called to be each other's second place. God first, the wife second, or the husband second, depending on which one you are. And yes, if you're the man, you're the husband. If you're the wife, I mean, if you're a woman, you're the wife. No distinguishing about that. And of course, this is a biblical marriage, not anything homosexual. This is a man and a woman, because this won't work without a man and a woman. 
Not two guys, not two girls. That ain't going to work. Just put it that way. But and God calls to forsake it, not forsake it. Well, still have friends and still love your family. That's not what he's saying. But unless God is number one and your spouse is number two, then it's not going to work. If there's other things, be it friends, be it family, that's trying to get in there and mess that up. I hate to use the word dynamic, but mess the dynamic up of the husband and the wife, then it's not going to work. So that's why I believe that's a call. And of course, still don't forsake your parents. Still love them. Still love your friends, family. But make sure that it's God first, then your wife, or then your husband. So then... This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So we keep saying about the mystery of the gospel. In a sense, the, the marriage is a perfect example of the mystery of the gospel. Why the gospel is so important, and why the gospel is what it is. Because it's, in a sense, somebody loving someone despite everything that they are. Despite everything they've done, everything they are, loving them, and loving them enough to give them a new life. One life. That's what marriage is. That's what the gospel is. Of course, the gospel in a much greater sense. But marriage is a perfect example of the gospel. And I mean, not some kind of movie type deal where the king gets with a little slave girl, all that stuff. That's, I mean, that is essentially what it is. King getting with the dirtiest slave on the planet. And cleaning her up and saying, I love you and I want you to be my bride. That's what God in the church is. But... The sense of marriage and loving one another, loving someone despite everything they've done, and then coming alongside of them, saying, this is your new life. This is how you walk in your new life. For instance, when you get married, you don't go off running around with other people. That's like, a, I believe it's the prophet hmm, Hosea, maybe. I think it is. He was told to marry a prostitute. And then... The prostitute keeps doing what a prostitute does and going out and leaving her husband. And God keeps telling Hosea, take her back, take her back, take her back. And then he tells Israel, what Hosea is doing, that's what I'm doing. You keep turning and going to other gods and going to other sins. And I keep taking you back. That's marriage. That's the gospel. And of course, you know, infidelity, infidelity is a different thing entirely. And we don't have time to talk about that today, and I'm not the person to be talking about that, because I don't know anything about that. I mean, I've never experienced that, I guess you could say. Well, I'm not the person to be talking about this, because I've never experienced it. But I feel God saying, no, I wanted you to go through Ephesians, even though you know absolutely nothing about this, no experience in this area. I felt like and I felt like God was telling me, go on through it. Keep doing it. And then 33, he puts a nice little bow on it. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, in the end, it comes down to husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit and respect your husbands and love them. It's an equal partnership that God has created for His glory and His honor. And I feel like this episode wasn't very good, but like I said, I have no experience in this and don't know anything about this. But I felt God telling me that I needed to do it because I said I was going to do Ephesians. Next week probably won't be any better. Because it's about children's parents and, you know, as a child, it's, well, it's what we're going to talk about next week. But, and I, I feel like I haven't done a, ju- a just job of this or really anything in Ephesians. But, I hope I have. Oh, and I hope God has used me 
for that. And yeah, so that's all I've got to say for that, and then we'll get to closing thoughts. And yeah, so let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for the awesome picture of a husband and a wife, and what that, how that illustrates you, God, and your mystery of the gospel, which is no longer a mystery to us as much anymore, God. But the fact that you just love us so much that besides our iniquities and besides everything, you still love us, God. And that's the gospel in a sense, God. That's not in a sense, that's the gospel, God. And just thank you for allowing me to be able to speak your word. Help me to have spoken it accurately and effectively in the next few minutes. Help me to do the same thing, God. And just please help every listener that they would be changed by this, not from me, but from you, God. And if there's a husband and wife that's struggling, God, and that needs change, that they would reach out to me or reach out to someone. Not me, God, because, God, you know I'm not experienced in this area. But, God, that I could find, if they do, that I could find someone who is, God. And that, God, that you would just please help them, God. Help every couple listening to this. Be it the husband, be it the wife, be it both. Be it a future husband like myself, God, or a future wife, God. That we could just practice this no matter when, God. And help us to love you more every day. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so closing thoughts for today. Just a few moments ago, well, be a few days ago when you're listening to this, but right now, a few moments ago, I was scrolling through Instagram, and this meme account I follow called Honest Youth Pastor, they post some pretty good memes. Their memes are those that are funny at surface level, but have a huge, deeper meaning behind them. If you don't follow them and want some good content, go follow them. Like them a lot, that's Honest Youth Pastor. But they posted this, I didn't watch the whole video, but it was about, the first few lines were, we've become so familiar with God that we're not as excited when he does something. And when I saw that, I was taken aback because it's so true. We talk about how we need to know God more, know God more, be more familiar with God, have that intimacy with God, and why, yes, we absolutely do. We do need to have that intimacy. We do need to be so close to God, and learn more about Him. But we also can't forget to have reverence. There's this whole thing of intimacy versus reverence, and we've talked about it on here before. But I think we have. If not, then we need to, that's something we need to do. And I think it was in a closing thoughts setting like this. But we've become so familiar with God, and that's a great thing, don't get me wrong, but it's in a sense of we're not as astonished when He comes through with something because we, we we still know he will. But we're still astonished by how he does. And we're amazed about us. This morning, and I just thought about this. In my quiet time, we read Genesis. Let me turn back from Ephesians to Genesis. Long way to go. Genesis 48. Hold on, almost there. I'm in 47. Genesis 48, verse 11. In Israel, Israel and Jacob, said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God is letting me see your offspring also. Jacob never thought he was going to get to see his kids again, or get, get to see Joseph again, because he thought he was dead. 
And then he does, and he gets to see his kids. And he was amazed by that. But we've become so familiar with God, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong. They were like, oh, I knew God is going to do that. And yes, we do know God's going to come through. But why are we not on our knees before him saying, thank you, God, I knew you were going to come through, and you did. And that's me too. I, I take it for granted so often. I'm like, well, yeah, God's going to come through. I know he will. I don't know how he will, but he will. And that's not a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. That's the opposite of worry. But then, we just, we, we fail to thank Him and are failed to be astonished by it like we should. So, even in our intimacy, let's not lose the reference. But let's not get so reverent of Him that we lose our, oh, that's not real. Let's not focus more on reverence that we lose intimacy where we're so scared of God that He's going to smite us in any minute that we don't want to get close to Him because that's not biblical either. So, there's a fine line there. God's given it to us. He loves us. He knows us. Let's honor Him and love Him and be astonished when He does something. That's all I have for that. So, like I kind of gave you a little brief schedule of November earlier. And we still have, so we've got some interesting, we got some good things coming up. I'm looking forward to them. And we still have bumper stickers, bracelets, and pop sockets. And the t-shirts are, of course, $20 if you want any size but a large. And if you want a large, then they're $0 for you because we currently do not have any. And one day in the future, we might do an order of the same shirt, different shirts, I don't know. But it, that'll be in the distant future. Distant future, that's right. Yeah, not near future, distant future. Sorry, just making sure I said the right word there. And I hope I didn't butcher this too much. And, yeah. So I don't think I have anything else to say. I love you guys, and I hope you have a great week. Goodbye.